Hi, you're listening to Art Rant, my silly little art history podcast where I take you on the journey across art history. I'm your host Lana, a passionate art lover who knows way too many random absurd facts about art. Every episode we are going into depth discussing a particular artist or a painting or a whole art movement. The idea is that the next time you go into the art gallery, you're going to know a bit more about art pieces there, and maybe it will help you connect with them. For me, it works that way. When I know the story behind the canvas, it keeps me on my toes with fascination, looking for every detail in every brushstroke. Because art is not only about pretty pictures after all, there is so much more to it. There is certain aesthetic in art, and I'm going to try and show it. Dog along if you want to widen your art history horizons and have some good nerdy time. So, welcome back. I hope you're having a lovely day, and if not, hopefully this episode is going to cheer you up. Today we're talking about an extraordinary life of an extraordinary man, full of excitement and creative passion. Today we're talking about Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec. I thought he deserved a whole episode on his own. I mentioned him in the last ones just enough times to convince myself that I need to tell you about him. Especially having asked around and realizing that not actually many people know about him. And that's a pity. He was quite a character. A character living bohemian lifestyle back in the end of 19th century in Paris. Of course, Paris. He created elegant and enticing provocative and scandalous images of Parisian Bohemia. Depictions of prostitutes and seen from bordels and cabarets were his main subjects. Besides, he can also be called one of the founders of advertisement, as he created quite a few posters and lithographs promoting cabarets. By this point, it's quite evident that my preferred, so to say, period in art is 1920th century French Impressionism and Post-Impressionism, but what can I say? The paintings are mesmerizing and the lives of these people are very exciting to look at, especially from such a faraway perspective. I also think it's quite a privilege to have so many sources to learn about these people, their lives. What were they doing every day? Who were they friends with? Where did they drink together? What kind of dramas unraveled between them? What did they feel? Oh, to be young and wild in Paris. Was it Hemingway who said it? If you're lucky enough to have lived in Paris as a young man, then wherever you go for the rest of your life, it stays with you, for Paris is a movable feast. But yes, French definitely have something in them and in their country that produces so many amazing artists. Probably wine. Anyway, back to Latrec. I don't see much sense talking about post-impressionism again, as he only loosely belongs to the movement, and I've already talked about this movement. So instead, I want to talk about art as means to connect people from very different social backgrounds. Art as means to express so many different feelings and how new art forms were originating at this time. Let's dive into the nightlife of Paris in the end of 19th century. Let me lead you through bordels and cabarets, through artworks by Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec. Let me show you the intricate power of art. Let me tell you a story about one strange, crazy talented 
charismatic little man. By the way, if you want to get some insight into my creative process and just updates on my content, you can follow me on my social media. It's artrend underscore with Lana on Instagram and TikTok. I also post some extra content there in form of fun facts and videos along with my general life. Again, it's artrend underscore with Lana on Instagram and TikTok. Now, without any further ado, let's get right into it, shall we? Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec was born in 1864 in Albi, France, to quite a rich aristocratic family. Lautrec would have inherited the title Comte if he outlived his father. His family had a history of inbreeding because they really wanted to keep money in the family. And as such, his grandmothers were sisters. So his parents were actually first cousins. Isn't that fun? As a child, he broke both of his legs and due to his rare health condition, they didn't grow anymore. So he developed an adult torso with still undersized legs. Genetic disease that he had eventually came to bear his name. It was at this time, sick and bad, that he started to paint and draw. His first subjects were horses, as there were quite a few of them at the property. He loved them, but couldn't ride them. A family friend first gave him a few informal lessons and was quite impressed with the progress of his student. Henri was drawn to Montmartre, an area of Paris known for its bohemian lifestyle, which was mentioned numerous times in this podcast, as it was a main hub of artists, writers and philosophers at the time. There, he established certain group of friends, mostly Impressionists and Post-Impressionists, whom he would keep until the very end, including Edgar Degas, whom he admired, and Vincent van Gogh, with whom he exhibited in Paris. One time, at some banquet event, Henri challenged to a duel an artist who started to criticize van Gogh's work. So badass. And again, I just want to really quickly mention it that I really, really admire the brotherhood that the artists of this period formed and how they supported each other. None of them had easy lives and I want to believe they confined in each other and found understanding they needed, which would definitely not come from outside world of art academy, salon and art critics. After meeting Suzanne Validon, a model became artist who created unique depictions of female nudes, about whom you can learn in more detail in the last episode of my podcast, the two of them, Latrec and Validon, became lovers. Consequently, the relationship ended quite abruptly. Latrec taught her his technique and made several portraits of her, one of them being rice powder of 1887, which was actually bought by Theo van Gogh, brother of Vincent, who was an art dealer. And I just really like this connection somehow. Two of my favorite artists knowing each other and having such sweet relationship. It warms my heart just a little. It's, it's better than relationship that van Gogh had with Gauguin anyway, but... Let's not get into that. With time, Henri made several landscapes of Montmartre and started to exhibit his works in cabaret and contributed a few illustrations to the French magazines. He was fascinated by the urban underground lifestyle and incorporated such characters into his paintings. The girls in Bordels inspired him. He made over 100 drawings and 50 paintings of them. 
model is always a stuffed doll. But these women are alive. I wouldn't venture to pay the hundred sauce to sit for me, and God knows whether they would be worth it. They stretch on the sofas like animals, make no demand, and they are not in the least bit consighted. He also used to say, I have found girls of my own size. Nowhere else do I feel so much at home. Somehow, I think it's very sweet, but also problematic and also very sad. More than that, more than that, he was also fascinated by lesbian couples in this industry and depicted quite a few of them in his series of works, Lalit, in bed. In them, women lie in bed, dance with each other, kiss and generally seem to be having good time. Some of the paintings have this atmosphere of coziness about them, like the one created in 1892, two women lying in bed, only their scruffy heads visible, peering from the mountains of blankets, gazing at each other. The colors here are warm, with white pillows contrasting red of the bedspread. Light floods the room from the right with shadows on the left shown in green and yellow crisscrossing brushstrokes. The tenderness with which the two women look at each other is somehow raw and calming. Latrec was often mocked for being short and not meeting conventional beauty standards, so to say, and he of course suffered because of that. It contributed to his growing alcoholism. He even invented a cocktail called the earthquake, which consisted of half cognac and half absinthe. Absinthe was an iconic drink of Parisian by him. People called it the green fairy. Also, Henri used to walk with a cane, in which he concealed some liquor at all times, to be sure that he always had alcohol on him. That's, that's just another level. I still think it's quite cool. In the 1889, one of the most famous cabarets of Paris was opened. Moulin Rouge literally translates from French as the Red Mill. And funnily enough, a lot of the mills at the time were being remade into cabarets. Latrec was commissioned to create a series of posters promoting a newly opened entertainment hoard. This offered him a living of his own, before he got his regular income from his family and being financially independent from them, especially from his father, with whom he didn't have such a close relationship, the idea, the idea was quite enticing to him. The poster, a very well-known image to many now, depicts La Goulou, one of the most famous cabaret dancers. Her real name was Louise Weber. She was called a queen of Montmartre. And her stage name, La Goulou, which literally means the glutton, she got for the habit of drinking from the guests' glasses while performing. She was the one who invented French cancan, and besides other things, at certain point, she was a lion tamer, but it didn't catch up, and in the end of her career, she earned a living by belly dancing. I don't know about you, but I think it sounds quite iconic. Generally, the life in Paris, especially the life of these cabaret performers, was a crazy roller coaster back then. Well, it seems like nowadays also, living in Paris these days seemed to be just a tiny bit dangerous. I just really like to learn about what kind of fun things people of the past used to get up to, and apparently there were a lot of fun things to get up to back then. with bright red repeating letters almost screams the Moulin Rouge at the passerbys. We see La Goulou with her raised leg, 
probably caught in the middle of dancing her famous kankan. Latrec was almost able to capture the movement and it feels like she's gonna start dancing just now. These boosters of his may have very well been first encounters with art for some people. Art was starting to flood into Parisian streets in form of advertisement for cabarets. They had to capture a knife of viewer and be just enticing enough for people to actually come and check out new fun place that just opened. And it evidently worked. The cabaret attracted all kinds of people, as can be seen in the painting called At the Moulin Rouge of 1890. It actually hung over the bar there when it was finished. We see all kinds of people, starting with a sophisticated gentleman in fancy hats and the background, an elegant woman right in front of us dressed in all pink with a fashionable hat on her head and a soft expression on her face. In the middle of a dance floor we see a girl in red stockings, dancing, trying to learn new dance moves, probably Kankan, from a tall, slender man to her left. We know now that this man is Valentin the Boneless, another famous dancer and prominent figure at the cabaret scene at the time. The inscription at the back of the painting says the instruction of the new ones by Valentin the Boneless. And I really like how we actually know the names of the people depicted at these paintings. It is sad that the skull-like figure in the background meant to be Latrec's father. Henri was actually a master of depicting crowd scenes, where each figure was highly individualized and at the time they could have been identified from a silhouette alone. Isn't that amazing? Another interesting fact about Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec is that while in London he met and befriended Oscar Wilde. And later, when Wilde was convicted and put in prison, I think it was actually somewhere in France, Lautrec became a very vocal supporter of him. Among other things, Henri was a fine and hospitable cook, and after his death, all his inventive and wide-ranging cooking recipes were collected and published in the book called The Art of Cuisine. Truly, a man of many talents. I know that there is this idea of renaissance man who makes art, invents new things and does like math, astronomy and other sciences, but I think there is something to be said about the people of the later centuries who maybe didn't necessarily change the way we perceive the whole world, but who still got up just to enough troubles to make life interesting. There is also a series of photos of André de Toulouse-Lautrec in all kinds of costumes and poses. It's crazy to think that already in 1880s, 1890s, photo collage was a thing and was already available and people played with it. Maybe not as much as we do now, but still quite a lot. There are a lot of funny photos to be found. The last of Latrec's works I want to talk about today is his sketch-like portrait of Yvette Gilbert, yet another performer at Moulin Rouge. Surprise, surprise. I know that there are a lot of names, but I just think that it's quite cool that we actually know who was depicted at these portraits. He depicted her numerous times and she used to complain that he made her ugly, depicting her at her last bow. However, this one of 1894 called Singing Linger Longer Lou is anything but ugly. 
I think my mom used to have quite a few art books containing his works and this one was always featured there. In fact, one of the first art albums I bought in Vienna was Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec one and this sketch was put on the very front of it. There is nothing special in it to be honest, but for some reason, maybe for the reasons told above, it has a very special place in my heart. As I said, it's a sketch-like portrait with her silhouette depicted only in a few white lines. However, her head is fully finished, with shadow work and everything. Gilbert's head rests on her arms in black long gloves, her iconic attribute of clothing. The expression on her face is almost seducing, with raised eyebrows, half-opened eyes and parted lips, smiling, all framed by the red crown of hair. Her face is the only alive thing on the blank parchment paper. With time, Henri's mental and physical health began to deteriorate because of the alcoholism and syphilis, and he died in 1901 at the age of only 37 years old. Reportedly, his last words were la vecon, the old fool, his last goodbye to his father. His mother and art dealer continued to promote his works after his death and his mother contributed to creating his museum in Albi, his birthplace, where you can find the biggest collection of his works now. In fact, a few of his lithographs can be found in Albertine at the moment, the exhibition called Durer Munk Miro, the great masters of printmaking. So if you're ever in the area of Albertine in Vienna, come check it out until the 14th of May, I think. Personally, I was very, very happy to stumble upon Latrec's posters there. They look very impressive in person, very big and very bright. And more than anything, I like to see the signs of time on them. A bit of ripped sides and fold lines made it feel very, very real somehow. An object that was carried for a bit after it was created. Okay, we are coming to the end of this episode. Today we talked about Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec, his intricate life story and nightlife of Paris at the end of 19th century. I want to point out again that these cabarets did attract all kinds of people, from lower to higher classes, and I think there is something very human about it. Essentially, it's the power of art you know, singing and dancing women, paintings by Latreg and other post-impressionists. It makes one feel like art is truly this one universal thing that can be expressed in so many different mediums. It can express somebody's personal feelings, but it can also be an act of protest, declarance of war or desire to keep one's native culture alive. And I think it's infinitely powerful. As always, getting carried away again. But I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast. It would mean a lot to me and will help other people find this silly little art history podcast. Also, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram. It's artrand underscore with Lana. For now, keep enjoying the art world and until the next time, bye!